Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours. Hey, welcome back. Steve here, and today I'm talking with Hunter Moore. Hunter is the CEO of Plasma Games, the maker of PsyOps, a skills-based educational game that teaches students chemistry and physical science concepts through a turn-based strategy game. The game connects learning to in-demand STEM careers and education pathways. Awesome program, engaging, and your kids will want to know more about STEM career paths after playing PsyOps. So much to learn today. You're going to love this talk. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, it would be so cool if you went into uh, uh, my website, stephenmiletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review about the podcast. Could you do that for me? Thank you so much. You're awesome. Enjoy the show. The holidays are on their way, and they can be a particularly stressful time of year if you don't have a plan. Well, have I got a solution for you. Join my friend Lynn with ConnectFlow Grow in her launch of Stress Less Holidays. Through this live Zoom webinar, Lynn will teach you how to evaluate your stress and develop a plan to reduce it. This is an abbreviated version of her 21-day Stress Less Challenge to give you the best tools in the shortest time frame. A less stress holiday is priceless. Your investment of $17 per person or $2,500 flat rate per organization is the first step towards taking control of holiday stress. Learn more about Stressless Holidays and join by going to my website, stephenmiletto.com sponsors. Click on the ConnectFlow Grow logo and the link will take you to where you can find out more information and sign up. Time for you to stress less during the holidays. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmiletto.com slash sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. You are listening to Teaching Learning Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. Now here's Steve with this week's show. Hunter Moore is the founder and CEO of Plasma Games. His passion for science and education began in childhood and later grew when he got a taste for educational instruction in the STEM field as a TA for engineering courses while in college. 
Hunter had the initial idea for Plasma Gains based on his work experience at IBM, Boeing, Pratt & Whitney, and Sandia National Laboratories, where a shortage of eligible trained technical staff was apparent across the U.S. economy. He has a BSME and an MSME from Georgia Institute of Technology and an MBA from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Our fo focus today is learning all about Plasma Games. Hunter, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Thank you for having me, Steve. Hello to everyone. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, hey, uh, Hunter, before we dive into our topic, let's talk about you. In your bio, it says that your passion for science and education began in childhood. What do you mean? Uh, excellent question, Stephen. Um, so I've always learned, loved learning how things work uh, and then tried to apply them to some sort of solution. So, for example, I, I took apart a birthday present one time and added like rubber bands and some other materials to build a device uh, that when a monster would open my sister's door, it would fling a marble at them from across the room. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I just loved helping people. Uh, in history class, I saw that civilizations advanced, uh, that advanced science provided better quality of life for their citizens and had stronger defenses so they didn't get wiped out. So I, I've always wanted to like help people, and I saw that science was the best way to do that. Excellent. I love it. I love it. That's uh, it's really cool because it, it really is. I mean, it makes, you know, there's some cool stuff. I, you know, having and, and without trying to make myself sound like, you know, there was electricity and dirt when I was a kid. All right. So I just want to make sure. That's what my sons like to remind me. I was like, Dad, how old are you? You know, <laughs> thanks. You know, uh, but the, uh, you know, it's like uh, I'll never forget when uh, in the home we got a microwave. And. You know, in the beginning, getting that first microwave, which was giant, by the way, um, as a kid, you're messing around with it going, well, you know, if it's supposed to make things easier to cook and in, in half the time, how long do we heat something up? Well, OK, instead of 30 minutes, probably 15 minutes. <laughs> you want to see something really wild? A microwave kind of fuses things to a plate if it's not supposed to be cooked for 15 minutes. You know, it's like, <laughs> that was pretty cool. So but yeah, some just. Yeah, Science is fantastic. It's awesome. And you've, you've been involved in some really cool stuff. I mean, uh, one of the things that I got to, I got to get you to talk about is you work for some, you know, these really cool places like IBM, Boeing, Pratt and Whitney, and the, and this one that is really awesome in my brain, which is Sandia National Laboratories. Uh, can you talk about what you did there? Uh, absolutely. Sandia was a, a very cool experience. Um, it was on a nuclear weapons facility. So they had like tanks and armored, vehicles and like full on uh, military kind of compounds with security clearances and all that aspect was nice. Uh, the work I was doing there was we were trying to uh, figure out different research methods for uh, depositing spherical nanocolloids on texture templates automatically, um, which basically is you take a liquid with tiny spheres in it you can't see and pour them over different uh, substrates and trying to get them to align uh, by themselves. Um, the takeaway from this experience was I asked my boss, what, what, what are we doing this? And he was like, well, maybe in 20 years, uh, it will help with uh, band gap understanding for like optics. And I was like, what? maybe 20 years, uh, I want to make impacts on the world like right now. So I knew like deep uh, research was not my path. Um, but one of my, my 
favorite things I worked on, which actually got me the job at Sandia National Labs, was uh, while I was at grad school in Georgia Tech doing uh, mathematical models for uh, thermal atomic force microscopy cantilevers, where we could do uh, nanoscale topography imaging. Uh, and I was just fascinated how you could use science, math, and engineering to like visualize surfaces on a nano level by simply applying the laws of heat transfer material properties and electricity through math. That's so cool. That's, that's, it's so, that, that's neat that, uh, you know, especially because you had this experience of stuff that you really like working with, and then you go out into, into kind of, would you call it a think tank kind of thing if they're working on stuff that may be impactful in 20 years down the road? <laughs> Absolutely. I, maybe a think tank more of like, let's see if we can do this. Nice. nice. Uh, what, what can we do? I mean, this one working with electron microscope and like sputters and all kinds of cool equipment. It felt like um, if you had a question, it was a, a big play facility with multi-million dollar pieces of equipment. Uh, That's cool. cool. That's so cool. By the way, what, what was that? word again that you're working on <laughs> the phrase at uh, tech what was that uh... oh the uh, thermal atomic force microscopy cantilever so it's essentially a very very thin uh, piece of metal that you could put a current through it and it would heat up um and based on the the change in the voltage drop across of it um you could measure distances um you could apply different patches to uh computer chips it had a wide variety of applications but Basically, you could do a lot of things because you knew the change of the material property, electrical resistivity, was a function of temperature. Then you could like determine the voltage drop and like how that is affected by the heat transfer properties into the environment. That's cool. That's cool. I, I need to take that phrase and kind of impress people, put it in my <laughs> an introduction one day. Wow. It's a great part of the trick. <laughs> Thank you. But you actually worked with this stuff, which is really cool. Nice. I like that. So very cool. I mean, you got a, a neat background and now you got some that you've been working on for the last eight years. You got something really cool here. You're, you're the CEO of Plasma Games. And, and, and as a as we get into this, what I want to ask you to start off with is as a company, what's its ultimate why? I mean, why does it exist? Why, why did why did you create this? Excellent question, Steve. Um, so Plasma Games' mission is to equip teachers with rigorous entertainment quality resources that allows them to engage this modern generation, improve learning, and inspire our future STEM leaders. Um, and the reason for this is uh, when I was in all these STEM fields, it was so hard to find qualified Americans uh, for these jobs. So the United States ranks 25th in the world in math and 35th in the world in science. And we're getting our butts kicked by third world countries like Vietnam, Slovenia, um, and, v and Estonia. I mean, like, it's just not sustainable for our economy, for our national defense, or really for our, our children's futures. Um, they're going to be competing on more and more of a global scale. So... Uh, I'm here to help get the United States back on top by strengthening our STEM workforce pipeline. Excellent. I love that. That is a, what an awesome um, purpose. I mean, this is so cool. I, and uh, we definitely need it. And it's, I love it. It's, uh, I'm a father of two engineers, and uh, which is really cool. And, uh, of course, they like to make fun of me. See, that's why I need you to teach me to say that, that phrase so that I can sound like I know what I'm talking about to them. <laughs> like, yeah, who you been talking to, Dad? <laughs> anyway, very nice. That's that's awesome. So basically, there's a this um, program. Would you call it a game of a simulation? And it's called PsyOps, and it's a skill based educational game that teaches students chemistry and physical science concepts. Can you tell us more about it? 
Absolutely. So PsyOps is a first of its kind 3D game-based learning platform. So when you usually hear the word educational game, it is something like if you answer this math problem correctly, your race car goes faster. So there's a fundamental disconnect between the gameplay and the learning. And you know, for this modern generation, that's chocolate covered broccoli. <laughs> nice. I mean, it is. It's, it's proven to be uh, neither effective uh, nor engaging. <laughs> right. Uh, Sorry, I love the analogy because that just. <laughs> <laughs> I need some M&Ms. Uh, I, I, I can't accept credit for that. It's, uh, it, it's in some of the research that I've read uh, in the foundations for designing this. Nice. Um, yeah, so in contrast, all of the game mechanics and the learning standards are one and the same. So they're not separated by any means. So, for example, that manifests itself in many ways. Um, like the aliens in our game have taken over energy resources and um, are polluting the planet in the process. So we're trying to, to fight back, essentially. But one of the things you do is you calibrate your laser using the Bohr the atom. And how far the electron falls down determines the energy and frequency that your laser emits. So it's the exact learning standards, uh, but also in a game mechanic, okay, calibrating, calibrating your laser. Um, and the third kind of pillar that's involved in this is it's a real world application. So that's actually how lasers work. There's you know, more components to a laser, but this is the one that applies directly to the standards. Uh, another example is like the laser's energy will be absorbed by uh, the enemy's armor, increasing the temperature until it reaches the melting temperature of that particular metal that the armor is made out of. And then when you reach the liquid region, you defeated the bad guy. So it fuses all kinds of graphs and models um, and actual material properties and science all in one in game mechanics. The next uh, big piece of it is, you know, based on interviews with teachers, having career paths and giving students purpose and meaning for what they're doing was important. So as part of the narrative, you're saving these scientists and engineers. And when you do, you learn about their college majors, where they went to school, uh, salary information, the cool jobs they have, the corporations they work at, so full-on STEM career paths. Very cool. That's awesome, especially by connecting it to those, those pathways. I mean, who does this stuff, that type of thing? You know, it's, it's, that's, that's awesome. Recently, I had talked with a uh, an optical engineer and I asked him, I said, what does an optical engineer do? And I had literally had, you know, I had not uh, ever thought about this and, and, uh, and it's, it's neat to, so that's cool that you have these, uh, that sort of connection there because you're right. A lot of times, um, you know, gaming industry means well or whatever, um, but they don't make that real connection to the learning or, or what it's impacting. That's some information that, uh, um, you have on your uh, website and in some, uh, brochures that you have. I'm going to read this. According to information about Plasma Games, in the spring of 2019, Plasma Games conducted in-class pilots with nearly 5,000 students and 21 teacher pilots in 48 schools across 12 counties in North Carolina. What did you learn from these pilots? Uh, very exciting. It was tremendously effective uh, across every important metric. Um, so some of the top line findings were increases in the soft stuff, uh, motivation, self-efficacy, and utility. Uh, and what that means is I believe I can do well. Uh, it's important to my life. And they're willing to put in the time and the effort to do well, which we all know is paramount for anything. Um, also tremendously engaging. Only one in five kids play Fortnite these days. So the fact that over 72% of students wanted to play a science game 
was tremendously exciting. Cool. Um, I bet if you asked them about how many liked the textbook, it would be zero, possibly negative. <laughs> I, I think I think you're right. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the stat that turned the most heads was there was a 19% increase in end of the year test score questions after one time of 30 minutes of gameplay. I mean, this is just unprecedented learning gains. And I attribute that to kids learn stuff in games all the time. Um, but it's usually stuff we don't want them to learn. Why not make it exactly what we want them to learn? Uh, but my favorite stat was 100% of the teachers in the study wanted to keep using it. Um, and I've never seen 100% of anything in a large study. So that was great. And it's because they saw how excited their kids got. And they were like, oh, this is how lasers actually work? Or I can make $200,000 a year as a chemical engineer? They're like, sign me up. So you fundamentally had a more engaged and excited student. And teachers loved that. That's very cool because that's what yeah that is what you want you want the you want the kids to want more and mm-hmm. and to to then actually want to maybe follow up on what uh, you know what it's talking about and the the different aspects of it I know when you know when I was in college one of my favorite aspects of chemistry that I loved was uh, when you take something an unknown substance and you try and figure out what it is I love that that's so cool and uh, you know you are talking to somebody who set the computer lab on uh, not the computer the, the the chemistry lab on fire a couple of times so <laughs> but, you're not a good chemist unless you uh let you sit lab on fire thank you very much can we go back and tell can we go back and tell my professor that <laughs> I, I, I he shifted me to uh, always only being in the uh, the lab when he was there <laughs> it's like nice it was done on purpose i mean but uh, yeah but cool stuff i mean that's that made me more interested in chemistry by the way which is i thought was neat doing stuff like that which i could see this with your games is that uh, the more you learn about it and you see how cool these types of things work hunter let's talk about the concepts a little bit more that are taught through the game interaction i mean what i mean what where does it kind of start with uh, i mean does it just kind of land land them into this world where suddenly they're talking about you know they're they're talking to chemists and you know physical scientists or i mean what what how does it kind of does it kind of build them into it i guess is where i'm going with that yeah excellent question so it's just like a normal entertainment quality game you know they introduce a game mechanic and show you how to use it um and then you master that and you get another one and it builds so the first thing students learn are how to use their laser. Um, that's like step one, how to move. And then the next is like more about the armor. And then they get jump boots, which use the ideal gas laws to compress gas and heat it up and um, very much scaffolded. Uh, and then when you're upgrading your armor in the lab, you're actually picking uh, elements from the periodic table and studying their material properties and seeing how that uh, plays out with the gear. So they're analyzing um, or using their gear in the levels and learning the science through using their gear. Also, when they unlock new gear in the lab, they're able to upgrade them and use them by further applying the principles. So, like, for example, the, the jump boots. Use axial compressors to push air molecules into a chamber and then heat it up, um, both of which increase the pressure, and the higher the pressure, the further Nicole can jump with her jump boots. So instead of in a normal game, they're just upgrade jump boots. Well, here they're upgrading the actual components in an engineering system that would affect the jump boots. Um, and also simultaneously seeing um, the ideal gas law moving up and down in kind of like a dynamic equation simulation that we 
kind of invented a way to display how that moves with the simulation, uh, as well as the uh, pressure temperature curve moving on a point. So students can actually see the equations and the graphs and the science and the actual technology full on STEM, essentially is what it is, uh, all at once as they're upgrading their gear. That's cool. That is very cool. You know, because um, lots of games, like you've inferred, just uh, they stop at the learning part of it, and it's just stuff there. They There's usually some sort, you buy it or something like that, mm -hmm. and to actually know the different properties and such um, is really cool because that, uh, that takes it a whole nother notch level, even if, I mean, it, it's just a whole nother notch higher. That's, I, I like that. Um, could you share a little bit about the collection of classroom activities? You have these really cool activities that uh, can be used. Tell us about those. So the classroom activities are a way for teachers to cover specific topics at a given time like they would in a normal class. We have pacing guides for instant lesson planning, guided notes, reading passages, interactive activities, card swords, graphic organizers, training manuals, STEM career spotlights, and all kinds of other activities. So I usually recommend teachers let students play the game at the beginning of the semester so it gets them excited, they get to see these cool STEM careers, how the technology is after actually working, uh, which sparks you know, deeper questions for when the teachers get to the topics they want to cover. And then when they do, they can go into the pacing guides, see what activities we have, and the activities point them back into the game. So like a, like a textbook, so they can find the answers, but also like a lab. So some of the activities are more of experimental. So they'll go in and upgrade their laser and see uh, the relationship between frequency and energy and kind of like plot that. So, so awesome. I, I, this is, it's really neat because, you know, and as a, you know, teachers are going to love the fact that they've got these extra activities that you've developed and so much, much like that, that they can take and, uh, and uh, use as, as with the kids in uh, um learning the concepts and such and, and, and participating. Uh, so let's talk about this. I mean, one of the things that, uh, you know, you have to have figured out as you were using this in these school systems, it, it, um, does it resonate with all kids? Great question. So it's impossible to make a product that pleases everyone. Um, it's just not possible. So the fact that over 72% of students wanted to keep playing it and only 20% of a global phenomenon play Fortnite, I think it's pretty successful. And if you compare it again to a textbook, like, I don't know any kids that like a textbook or <laughs> lectures. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say it's not like the favorite thing for every single student. I will say some students have called me, like literally called and been like, this thing's absolutely amazing. When are you making the next game? Because I can't wait to play it. Cool. Um, but I'm pretty sure that if you asked uh, – students and were like, do you prefer this or a textbook? We'd get a hundred percent on that comparison. Oh, come on. You, you, you know, uh, I'm, I've decided that I'm going to call the textbook company because I want to tell them how much I enjoy their book, especially the little tricky questions that they've asked at the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. Well, serendipitously, we had a, uh, a meeting with a you know, multi-billion dollar textbook-ish company this today and they want to sell our product. So cool. they readily realized their shortcomings and um yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's that's awesome because that's you know it every time you, you said that I, all i can think of is uh you know um that uh, the answer to that would be yeah um no no one ever said <laughs> boy i love this textbook <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, yeah, you're absolutely right. And one of the biggest problems in education is it really hasn't fundamentally changed in 60 years. I mean, even some of the teachers will say, yeah, we integrate technology. And really that's, oh, I'm giving a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> as opposed to like writing on the board. I'm like, very little difference. Or like, oh, I have pretty pictures on there. It's <laughs> it's not really fundamentally changed. No, or better yet, a very nice, expensive interactive board Oh, right. But they're using it as an overhead projector board. <laughs> you know, it's like so yeah. <laughs> nice. Biggest so. waste of money ever. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it hasn't advanced. But the, the student's bar for entertainment has astronomically increased. So, that, I mean, that's what I attribute the biggest problem education for engagement uh, being. That That's interesting because, you know, because you're right. I mean, it has. I mean, the, you know, the level of wanting to do. I think, and know how to, I mean, you've really got to grab that capability because these are, uh, you know, all, all these kids now in, that are in school have grown completely up with, uh, you know, the ability, I mean, all right. So once again, I know this is dating me here, but, you know, so I start off with Pong <laughs> and then I advanced eventually through the Atari and, uh, um, and I really liked the Indiana Jones game. It was good, <laughs> but the most frustrating game in the world was the ET one, which is why they <laughs> tried to cause it to disappear into the <laughs> bury it someplace. But the, uh, you know, and then finally NES. And that was like, oh, cool things. But look at how many buttons you have. Mm-hmm. Like two, <laughs> you know, to get like this little cross thing, whatever. And I try and play some of these things today. And not only are, do they have, you know, lots of things going on and lots of controllers going on, but then they also are talking to each other and asking for help. And they're, co- you know, they're, they're working together and stuff like this. And I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, I'm, I'm the guy who uh, is going, um, what did he say? And they're going, we're beyond that. We're over here. <laughs> so there's so much going on that it, you have to create something that's going to uh, really grab hold of their attention and, and keep it. Cause it's a, uh, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult world there. So that's cool that you have kids saying, uh, Hey, what's the next one coming out? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't think it's fair to ask teachers. I mean, we do because we have to, but keep their attention with a dry erase marker and a whiteboard. I mean, it's just, I couldn't imagine how difficult that must be. Yeah, there's all kinds of things there that, <laughs> that uh, cause some issues there, especially if uh, um, it, you know, sorry, I'm a, I'm a former history teacher. And what's fun is that when the kids walk in the room and they, and you start talking with them. And the first thing they say is, do we need this? Do we really need, you know, why do we need to take history? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then that's why we build out the part of the game that has, Oh, this is how this is applied to lasers. And Oh, you can make a lot of money on these jobs and improve the planet um, through you know, world healthcare organizations and SpaceX and all these other high tech companies that you can make an impact with. Very cool. Good stuff. I, you know, what, uh, one of the things that, uh, I wanted to make sure that we talked about here is that, uh, um, you have a professional development program for teachers. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Oh, sure. We have, you know, unlimited professional development, uh, teacher training. We're actually in the process of scheduling uh, a new onboarding for teachers for the first two weeks when students come back. Um, and we hold office hours, have advanced training sessions and 24 seven customer support. I mean, cause I got in this to help improve student outcomes by helping teachers. And we want to be there to make sure they're able to uh, use our resources and inspire their students. 
Very cool. Very cool. Because that's something that, uh, you know, it, when you're using a program like this, it's as a teacher, what's going to help you tremendously is if you've got some place to go to, refer to some sort of help you're going to get. Because a lot of times, you know, we're introduced to stuff in the uh, in pre-planning phase, which usually you have about, you know, maybe an hour or two for the actual <laughs> professional development. And then you got all this other stuff that's required by law that you got to make sure it gets happened. That happens, takes place and, and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, um, and so you're going to need more time to, to get used to, to it and using it and send somebody you can reach out to help. So, I mean, I big on your, on your stuff is support 24 seven. So Absolutely. It does ring my cell phone. So I will answer at 2 a.m. Uh, nice. <laughs> I may not be as happy at 2 a.m., uh, <laughs> but I, I will answer. That's, sorry. One of my all-time favorite movies is uh, um, Galaxy Quest. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, maybe. Uh, you need to check it out. But uh, just as a note, it's making fun of Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek and the Star Trek Trekkie world. And... Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, there's a part in there where the, the kids keep act, you know, <laughs> staying in contact with the, the actors as if they're real. Um, they're really in charge of the spaceship. So sorry, I'll, I'll digress. I get out of that world. <laughs> just, just know you just made me think about that 2am call. So if I, when I would noticed when I'm going through this part of the world and uh, this happens, do you think that it'd be better if this happened? <laughs> that's, that would be real engagement, but knowing that it called your cell phone <laughs> at 2am, yeah. that's rough. <laughs> So that's, that's good stuff, but that's, that's perfect though. That type of support. So excellent. I mean, I love the fact if they're trying to use it and learn it, I'm like, I had a, uh, like a 75 year old teacher that's like, I've never played a game in my life, but I want to like figure this out. So I got on uh, my phone and we, we did a FaceTime and I was able to like talk her through on exactly what to click and where. And, um, she was ecstatic. She's like, my students are going to love this. Thank you for taking the time to go click by click on how to make this happen. That's so cool. That's because that, that's that, that actually is something that I should have asked is, uh, you know, you've got to have run into some people who are saying, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the barriers been like, Oh, I know my students are going to love it. So I'm going to like try. Nice. Um, and we have, you know, three kind of, I, I segment teachers in about three tiers in terms of like, technical capabilities. Um, the research was literally just giving the kids the game and they had tremendous learning gains and liked it. Like no teacher involvement. Cause we wanted to isolate, you know, is the gains on the game, not how good the teacher is. Um, but that said is teachers can just let kids play the game with no instruction no nothing. And it's going to be highly effective. The next kind of level of teacher is the one that uses all of our integration materials. Um, that, you know, point them back into the game and that kind of the third tier is where they can actually use the game to drive instruction. So they would go into the lab, talk about periodic trends and explain, you know, why this uh, armor may be better than another armor due to its melting temperature. And then like, can you predict which one's going to have a better melting temperature while studying the trends? So that's kind of like the three tiers of tech savviness uh, or teacher implementation methodologies. It's very cool. It's very cool. And being able to help them see and get through and do and, and, uh, and then I'm sure you got the top of the level that's going, I'm eating this up. A, <laughs> and you know, the, the hard charging ones that are like, just get out of my way. I got this. And, uh, but uh, having them at all those different levels and being able to support them. Good stuff. So, uh, 
you know, Plasma Games has received some pretty high level recognition, like from the National Science Foundation. Could you talk about some of these awards and recognition? Excellent question, Steve. Uh, we won a National Science Foundation Award for our, our game-based learning platform that infuses the gameplay and the learning and the STEM career paths. So that was a really big deal. Uh, this gave us the initial funding uh, to you know, build out the full product. Uh, and recently we won first place in an international serious games competition out of Athens, Greece, uh, and were a finalist in the International Games for Change competition. Uh, Ubisoft made a very well-polished computer science game. Um, nothing novel, but there are lots of computer science games out there for what they built functionality-wise. But, man, they threw, like, $30 million at making the thing look beautiful. And wow. We lost that. Thing. I'm not bitter at all. But, uh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So uh, kudos on the recognition and awards. It's a, it's a cool platform. I mean, I, I could, I could see, you know, I would be one of those who just, as you start me, I, I, I can definitely say it would, it would take me and propel me to want to know more and, and, you know, see where I'm going with that. It's, it's awesome. The, uh, you know, uh, what does a school or school system need to participate? I mean, how do they get started? Yeah. Excellent question. Um, so all you need is a basic level Chromebook and internet are like the capabilities. It doesn't have to be fast internet. Um, and if you're in Georgia, South Carolina or North Carolina, all you need to do is send an email to support at plasma.games and we'll get you hooked up. Uh, if you're not from one of those three states, send me an email, uh, hunter at plasma.games and we can discuss uh, how to move forward from there. Very cool. And I'll make sure that, uh, there's an acknowledgement of that in the, in the show notes as well, so that people know where to email you. Uh, so Hunter, one more time, if you just remind everybody um, where they could go to find out more information about Plasma Games, as well as how to get in contact with you. Absolutely. Uh, Plasma Games website is play.plasma.games. No.com needed, just play.plasma.games, and you can see uh, more on the research, videos on the games, our mission, everything about Plasma Games. If you want to contact me directly, uh, my email is hunter at plasma.games. Very cool. And I'll have that in the show notes so that people can find that easily to uh, look up whether they're listening to us on the on their mobile or whether it's uh, on the on the website. So great stuff. I, I, Hunter, this is really cool. I, but I got two more questions for you. And these are questions I just like to ask my guests. And the first one is, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Well, we'll know that Plasma Games has really taken off. It's Quitting's not been on my mind, quite the opposite. Uh, it's extremely exciting uh, to see all the areas that we can expand into and are expanding to. Like the resources we're about to release this fall, I mean, are just going to take us to a whole nother level. Um, that said, you know, we were in development for seven years. So that meant I was living with no salary for seven years. Wow. Um, and no guarantee that this would work. So, um, we almost ran out of cash several times. At uh, one time, we only had two weeks of cash left. Uh, it, I mean, it was really tough on me and my wife, you know, telling her that she can't buy any new shoes or really anything other than food indefinitely <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, was, was difficult. Uh, and there was a temptation uh, just to quit and get a job that would pay the bills. Uh, there was a lot of pressure from her parents to do that, as you could probably imagine. Yes. Um, but it was clear that God called me to 
start plasma by the, the passion he put on my heart to help American students get back on top. Uh, and he continued to open doors even when it seemed impossible. Um, so when, when things just really got tough, I had the mentality of I'm going to do the best I can wherever God calls me. And if he calls me elsewhere, I'll go elsewhere. But until that happens, I'm going to do the best I can. Um, and that really helped me cope with stress. Very cool. Very cool. And I appreciate you sharing those thoughts because it's uh, I think we all run into something like that from time to time. And it's neat to hear how different people handle it. Last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Excellent question. Uh, Miss McLaughlin, she was my fifth grade teacher. And apparently I took the IQ test in like second or third grade and didn't do so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I wasn't placed in any of the the advanced classes and maybe even placed in the slower classes. Um, But she thought I was special and encouraged my parents to get me retested Uh, I scored much better and was like immediately placed in all the advanced classes. Um, But it also led to me finding out that I have dyslexia, ADD, and several learning disabilities, which was super helpful to know so I could, you know, work to combat them head on. So um, I'd like to say thank you to her for believing in me. And you literally changed my life trajectory. So thank you. That is awesome, Hunter. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Is it the uh, um, what a powerful statement right there. What a powerful statement. Uh, Hunter, thanks so much for talking with me today. Plasma Games is awesome. I mean, great, amazing graphics, concepts, activities, opportunities for learning. Just I, you just feel the energy from it. And just to have all those cool you know, ways of, you know, kind of sneaking in really good stuff. You know, it's like you've you've made the this all kinds of them wanting to know more and wanting to do more. And at the same time. Hopefully, you know, I could see it planting that seed that says, huh, I could do this in the future. What a cool thing. I'm wishing the best in all you do. Thank you, sir. Teaching, learning, leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching, learning, leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. 